Start in three, two, one. It's Two Fat Morons Save the World. Good afternoon, guys and dolls. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. My name is Thierry Nihil. I'm coming to you live from Studio City in downtown Toronto. And a 902nd, but a, lot, a country away, is my old friend and partner in crime, David Crookshank. How are you, Dave? Hey, I'm good. How are you? So I'm great. Through it's the, a long time. Through, through the power of technology, we're coming at each other across the miles. 3,000. I think you're, some, you're something like 3,000 kilometers away from me. Uh, actually, it is, Sammy. Uh, 3,256 uh, miles there. Yes, uh, something exactly. That's the crow flies. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, the crow flies. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks, Normie. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Uh, me and crows don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Two Fat Morons Save the World. Save the world! I need yes. to put uh, put the uh, the Superman music or something under there. <laughs> We're saving that's the awesome. world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so this has been a long time coming. Uh, it has. You know, just a bit of background, uh, folks. Um David and I have been friends for well over 20 years. Um, he actually was my roommate at one point in time, and the best damn roommate I ever had, if I well, had, kept me in line. If I had yeah. a dollar for every time someone said that, I'd have a dollar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't pat yourself on the back and get a slip disc too much there, pal. That's right. Um, you know, and uh, we've actually talked about this for quite a few years, about getting together and, you know, talking about, issues and things that we um, both love or both have an interest in or may not even have an interest in, but we know that the world has an interest in. So uh, I come from a performance background. If you've heard my voice before, it's uh, probable because I've worked for Disney in the past. I've worked for Warner Brothers um, in the past. Being disintegrated makes me very angry, (laughs) very angry indeed. Done a lot of voiceovers, a lot of commercials. Uh, I was a cast member of a Disney television show. I've done a lot of movies. I kind of retired from performance and went into the computer consultation business thanks to a, a mutual friend of ours who convinced me that that was a good way to make uh, some dough and some coin. So I did. Moved to Toronto in 1999, and I have been here ever since. And um, that's pretty much my story. I'm uh, just kind of doing the consulting thing and now we're out to save the world and now what about you dave what's your story save the world my story um well i mean i come from a performance background as well you and i uh, have worked together mine was less professional than yours um you know amateur theater and uh and uh radio i have done radio i was in the radio business uh for 23 years before i decided to get out of it moving across uh across canada starting in well Calgary, Halifax, Ottawa. So kind of moving all up and down, town to town, up and down the dial, as they say in WKRP, if you remember that. Uh, you have to be relatively aged to remember that show, yet still one of the best shows ever made. Not sure if you can hear that in the background, but Daisy the Wonder Critter in the background is crying for attention at the moment. <laughs> so every once in a while, folks, you're going to hear Daisy the Wonder Critter, the warehouse critter in the background. Right, Daisy? That's yeah. right. So she says. <laughs> and I just so, sit yeah. in a, I sit in a sterile uh, studio atmosphere uh, environment here, so there's no uh, there's no background noise right now. Yeah. Well, I have my critters. 
you know, part of the family. They they get to chime in when they when they feel up to it. <laughs> let's so, talk, let's talk about two fat morons save the world. Yeah, what do you what do you think this show is about, Dave? What do I think this show is about? Um, it, this this show is is nothing for nobody. Basically, <laughs> basically, <laughs> the topics of the day um, from two fat morons who really know nothing but uh, but have maybe some insight into things. Um, this will, of course, you know, um, it's it's always going to come down to you know, our political bias or our political beliefs. Um, and we are, of course, going to open um, uh, communication to the listener as well. If, uh, you know, if you're listening and you have something to say, well, there will be ways to share your opinion and we will get your opinions on the air. Um, mm -hmm. We're, we're, we're both sensitive, so please don't hurt us. But uh, I'm sensitive. <laughs> Give me a tissue. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just... This is going to be about, uh, you know, what's what's eating us this week. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, um, you know, here's the thing. We have a bit of a unique perspective, people, because neither Dave or I are extreme one way or the other. Um, I'm what would be considered a liberal conservative or a um, democratic Republican, <laughs> kind of very much a centrist, right? Um, an an funky or a, you know, <laughs> one of those sort of hybrid right in the middle kind of centrist kind of guys. I don't believe in the power of the far left. And I certainly don't believe in, you know, the bull plop of the far right. So um, I tend to fall somewhere right in the center. If I had to really describe myself, it would be very much as a liberal Republican, for lack of a better term, more along the lines of what Abraham Lincoln sort of set out in mm -hmm. the Republican Party in the United States to be. And in Canada, that would sort of be considered a conservative liberal, right? So I'm very much, you know, on both sides of that particular fence. You can call that wishy-washy if you want, but I think it's important to be objective enough to see two sides of a story and make an informed opinion and help other people make an informed opinion. What about you, Dave? What well, side of the fence do you... That's that's the whole thing on? with me. I tend to want... I, the, the best way that I say it is if, if, if I was going to vote for a party, I would vote for the Common Sense Party uh, if they existed, <laughs> which they do not. Um, but um, I tend to take a... Um, look at both sides attitude towards almost everything I do have. And as, as I think everyone has their confirmation bias about almost every one of their opinions. So you tend to give more credence um, to, uh, to opinions that follow yours when it comes to uh, what you believe and what you, uh, um, what you promote. Um, I am willing to change my mind. If somebody convinces me to do such a thing uh, in a way mm. that, in a way that is satisfactory, satisfactory and convincing enough to me, um, I don't sit on uh, such a, a high fence that says, you know, you can't change my mind. Now, there are certain things that you're never going to change my mind about. Um, and we've talked about one of these things recently. I mean, like 20 minutes ago before we hit record. Um, and we'll As an example. We'll, we'll yeah, probably get into that. We'll probably get into that a little bit uh, before, we, uh, before we wrap up today. Um, but um, I want to, as part of this show, um, talk about both sides of an issue as far as we understand them uh, and the research that we do. One of the, 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 the hard things about today's society is the fact that everybody has a channel now. Everybody has a platform 
and a forum, as is very evident by even what we're doing right now. And the the danger of social media and the danger of podcasting and the danger of of um, of the uh, everyone has a TV station is that people present their opinion as fact um, all the time. People present their opinion as fact. And we're seeing that not only uh, through, you know, personal and private social media, but we're seeing it, um, you know, even through government means in the States right now um, where, you know, you get tweets from uh, the White House um, that are, you know, very obviously ridiculously wrong or ridiculously opinionated that people take as fact. Uh, am I right or am I wrong? Um, both, I think, right? Like that, and that's that's the scary part of it because I'm one of these guys that believes that there's kind of only opinions, that there really isn't a right or a wrong, that there's opinions about everything. I mean, that, that's very simplistic. But re the reality is that, you know, you are you are right about the news channels uh, in the United States in particular have not been spreading news they've been spreading opinion and you know you watch like uh cnn now and it's you know all covid all the time mm -hmm. and it's opinions about all covid all the time you watch fox news and it's all trump all the time you know you watch i think you brought up uh to in a discussion earlier about msnbc how they're kind of tilting towards the more opinionated side instead of instead of delivering the news and i mean thank god they hired shep uh, uh, what's his name? Shepard Smith as uh, as an anchor who actually is dedicated, you know, to to telling news and not being so opinionated about it. Well, so even, there are even Shep, there. even Shep Smith has a very left wing attitude towards a lot of things. But agree. But it's does, easy yeah. for you and I to say, well, I mean, his attitude is 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 very uh, is very unbiased because we because we agree with him. Right. You know, uh, if you if you sat on the right side of, of the spectrum and, and watch Shep Smith or um, even, you know, Fox News is Chris Wallace, who's who seems to be very left for a Fox. I don't know how he how he comes to work every day. And that, you know, it's like a lamb going into the wolves den every day. Right. Um, the, mm -hmm. the, the one left wing um, um, uh, liberal newscaster in a in a <laughs> in a sea of <laughs> right wing wolves. Oh, um, dude, he's the he's the sheep in wolves clothing in that store. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 I think maybe you know that's Fox News's attempt to be uh, a little bit more balanced. And you don't see that from CNN, and you don't see that necessarily from NBC, where they have right leaning pundits. And I think I th I give Fox News credit for that, um, for having um, a little bit more of a balanced, um, you know, balanced sheet when it comes to who they've got on the air. Oh, I disagree with you there. They've got one guy. They have yeah, Chris but, but it's more it, but it's more balanced than CNN. CNN has no right wing. They, they're all left wing. That's true. Well, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Point and, for Dave. And NBC is the same, is, is exactly the same. They're very, MSNBC uh, is all very, very left leaning. Um, um, you know, maybe a little bit more centrist than, than CNN. I mean, CNN is extreme left and Fox News tends to be quite a bit more right. Extreme right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but not extreme because they have Chris Wallace. <laughs> If that makes any so, sense. <laughs> what's your opinion about David and I both live in in uh, and it's the, Dave. The, we'll the we'll establish White. that right now. It's Dave. 
Yeah, if you're not my mother, Dave. you don't get to call me David. <laughs> David. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, we all watch it. We all watch Shit's Creek. My wife does that too. Come on, sit down, David. <laughs> you watch Shit's Creek? Uh, David. She'll do that. David. And it's like drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> so it's Dave. Could tell you stories about Eugene Levy, but we won't go there. Yeah, yeah. But uh uh, no, I mean, but uh, so, Dave, we we live in the great white north. And I mean, at least our news coverage here does tend to be pretty darn objective. They don't, a little you don't bit, yeah. get a lot of the opinion sort of happening. You, again, you do get a lot of world news. You do get both sides. Here's the thing. I don't know about you, brother, but I'm tired of the news. I mean, the American news. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of it. I want to know what's going on in Hungary. I want to know what's going on in Armenia and Azerbaijan. I want to know what's going on in Turkey. I want to know what's going on in Iran, Iraq, Jerusalem, Moscow, Africa, mm -hmm. South America. Let's, let's, we don't get any news from anywhere in the world unless it has to deal with, you know, the grand old U.S. of A., in this northern half of the hemisphere. What's your thoughts on that? Well, the, the, the truth of the matter is news is business. News is big, big business. And um, they know that the average American consumer of news wants to be entertained. Um, you know, back in the 60s, you know, um, you know, we had a there was a man on the air in the States named Walter Cronkite, and he would end every one of his shows with. And that's the way it is. Right. Because he would present the news as it happened. These are the facts. This what happened. You can make your own judgments about why or about, you know, your opinions on what happened. But he did not interject those opinions. He told you what the deal was and then you could take away from it what you wanted. There's not any of that um, objectivity about news anymore. It's, it's all subjective and it's all, you know, opinion based because opinions uh, attract ears. And ears attract dollars. Cronkite? Walter. What is this witchery thou speaketh of? Walter. It sounds like fake news to me, David. Walter. Fake news. Okay. All right. We're, <laughs> we're getting off on a bad foot here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm older than you, I believe, by Barely. a couple of years. And, yeah, I, I'm old enough to remember... Boys and girls uh, getting hauled out of bed at, I think, like four o'clock in the morning or some craziness to watch Neil Armstrong step on mm -hmm. the moon. And it was Walter Cronkite that was the mm -hmm. voice there that was describing all of that happening. And I wasn't very old. I was maybe five mm -hmm. years, five or well, you're, six How old, old are you now? 56. 56. Okay, I'm 49. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm uh, years old. 56 yes. years young. Yes. I don't care about, like yeah, age doesn't bother me whatsoever. I just, I just, I just had an appointment with my doctor and she says, oh, you're, I mean, you're a fat guy, but you're, uh, but you're healthy. So I said, good. <laughs> good, good. But she said, you know, as of 50 years old, you know, it starts to be time to do the old tests. Well, you know why it's a good thing we're both healthy, Dave? Because we have to save the world. Because we have to save the world. Save the world. And we're going to do that. And we're going to do that on a hopefully a semi-regular basis. Um, uh, if, uh, um, you know, this is, this is a show of opportunity and a show of uh, um, um, hopefully current events. Um, I'd like to stick with it. Um, and even 
sometimes have people on the show if we are able to, you know, find a, a guest that uh, that we can talk to that kind of brings some uh, uh, some insight into what we're talking about. Because again, this is yeah. our, this is our opinions, um, and I will never present anything as fact. I will always present it as an opinion, and I will, I guarantee, and I make this promise right now. If you prove my opinion wrong, I will tell you that I was wrong. I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm less I'm of the a same man. Way. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm willing to tell my wife when she's right, but boy, do I rub it in when I'm right. Yeah, well, that's uh, that that's being a charter member of the Y chromosome. Why? That's uh, ingrained in our DNA, brother. <laughs> But, you know, on that note, though, like you brought up an interesting thing in a conversation a few days ago, and it's a, it's a prime example, folks, of some of the things that we may talk about on this program. And, and like the whole, there are literally some people in this world, Dave, who wholeheartedly believe that flat earth is a thing. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know what? And, and you know what the sad thing is? It's a growing movement. It's a growing movement. There are more and more people today than there were yesterday who are buying into this flat earth thing. But uh, tell the people at home what you told me that I thought was so brilliant, uh, an observation. I mean, we, I think we both had brilliant observations. Mine was um, a friend of mine posted a map of, uh, you know, uh, if the earth was flat and had a big X on Japan on the far left of the world and a big X on Hawaii on the far right of the flat earth world and said, explain to me how in World War II, Japan managed to attack Pearl Harbor from all the way across this map. When they're on that the pretty opposite much sides of the map. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, opposite sides of the world in a big map. Mm -hmm. Like that's brilliant to me that that right there sort of proves that there's a roundness to our world. But, you know, you know, my 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 good friend Dave here had an observation that I that uh, I thought was absolutely well, brilliant and you know, something il which illustrates, hopefully, you put a petition out there and maybe what, Dave, what, who well, might we okay, find? OK, basically, all I said was find me a scientist, an earth scientist, a geologist, uh, an astronaut, um, a uh, one that doesn't lie, because apparently that's the that's what they all do. Uh, find me a scientist <laughs> or a man of, of, of high education that believes the earth is flat and can rationalize it for me. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll and I'll and I'll open it up and I'll say, OK, all right, you've convinced me at least to consider it a little bit more. I'm not going to. Uh, this is one of the things I said there. There's a, there's certain positions that I will never change my opinion on. Um, and probably because I have never been changed. My opinion has never been changed on the 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 concentricness of the uh, of the earth but you know find me a scientist or an astronaut that will confirm it you know um um yeah it's you know chris hadfield he one of one of my people canadians that i have the most respect for chris hadfield um um who basically spent Canadian astronaut, and uh, and I believe him when he tells me something, I believe him, and he has not ever once said publicly that the Earth is flat or that he did not spend three months on the ISS. Julie Payette, our mm -hmm. Governor General, was an astronaut. Uh, Mark Garneau, uh, a Cabinet Minister in our government, was an astronaut. You haven't heard them say 
anything other than we live on a on a sphere. <laughs> if the Earth is flat, let's Ever. let's let's pretend for five seconds that the Earth is flat. How many people would be in on the conspiracy as of this moment? I couldn't even venture a guess. In the in the hundreds of thousands, and uh, you tell me that they can't even suppress the launching of an iPhone. <laughs> they can't even suppress that news before launch day. Uh, let alone the fact that the well, Earth is is really flat. No, I agree with you, but I'm going to throw something at you from a conspiracy theory point of view, mm -hmm. which, by the way, is something else that you know we're we're going to be fond of talking. I about love over the over the weeks and months to come. Oh, who doesn't? Mm -hmm. Everyone loves a good conspiracy theory. But here, let me throw one at you. September 11th, 2001. There's only one conspiracy theory out of the hundreds, the crazies that have come out that I actually put some stock into. Do you mm -hmm. know which one it is? Um, of, the, of the September 11th, probably the, uh, the the Pentagon. No, it's actually Flight 93, the aircraft that slammed into the ground in, in uh, um, Pennsylvania. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I've told the story to friends before, but I'm going to tell it here. I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy. I don't typically tend to believe in ghosts, although I've seen things I can't understand and or can't comprehend. I've heard things similar. I, I don't believe in certain phenomena. I don't believe in UFOs. But again, I've seen things I can't explain or understand. I don't even believe in Mothman, but I like Richard Gere, if that means anything. Um, no, but... I talked to a gentleman all the time way back in the early 2000s who um, had a farm uh, outside of Gettysburg, uh, Pennsylvania. I believe it was Gettysburg. And the day that you, I'm not sure if you remember this, Dave, but they used to have this, like these MIRC channels. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. These I Yahoo groups and all that, yeah. right? And that was the way that you, you know, that was the magic of like the, 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 the new school telegraph, right? The way to talk to people. The night was alive with a thousand voices, as they say in Titanic, that, you know, the new way to talk to people was on this MIRC channel. And this gentleman in, in Gettysburg, you know, the moment that it happened said on IRC, he just watched two F-16 airplanes fighter jets shoot a commercial airliner mm -hmm. out of the sky over mm -hmm. over basically over his farm. Mm -hmm. Now the reason why I think that that's true is because if you look at crash footage from air, airliners big aircraft that slam into the ground there are big chunks of metal tail fuselage wings mm -hmm. whatever all over the ground. Do you know what was left of that airplane when it slammed into the ground in Pennsylvania, in that farmer's field in Pennsylvania? Dust? Nothing. <laughs> I believe that it that's was a, true, too. Yeah, it was a fireball, right? But here, but the, the point that I'm making, and I think this is what might be important and only peripherally attaches to, you know, the possibility of a flat earth. I think that most people probably know that the Todd Beamer story, the let's roll story about, you know, the, the uh, passengers commandeering the aircraft and slamming it into the ground. People don't work that way. I, mm -hmm. I, they just don't, it just doesn't make sense. I think that most people don't believe that story. And I think that most people do believe that, you know, uh, there was an order. It is proven. It's been on documentaries by mm -hmm. out of the mouth of Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney himself that there was an authorization to shoot airplanes down. 
And I do believe that that particular one was shot down. And the reason why that's not been admitted is because of insurance and lawsuits yep. and but yada, reason, yada, yada. But the reason why it and was shot down was because it was off its flight path and it was headed in a trajectory towards whatever building. The, the Capitol building is what towards they're the Capitol, saying. Right. Yeah. Oh, there, or the White House even. Even the White House even, for yeah. sure. So it was on so, its way to Washington. It was off of its flight path. It was acting extremely suspiciously and how else do you bring a seven what was it a 747 or a 737 how else do you it bring was a it big in? aircraft 747 <laughs> i think yeah. excuse me how, how else do you bring an aircraft like that down if the pilot of that aircraft does not want it brought down but here so agreed and i mean we, i think in uh, there's a number of people that are listening to this right now mm -hmm. that i'm sure are nodding their heads and agreeing and a number that are shaking their heads going boy you two are sure fat morons man you well, fat earthers you it's in the title <laughs> it's in the title yeah <laughs> and that's yeah. what read I, the title I, card there that's, guys that's, read that, the title that's card. my insurance i can say anything so, i want because i'm a fat but moron. here's the, here's the rub dave yeah think about this for a second there's no definitive proof that that is actually the fact, even though there's all kinds of circumstantial proof that that's actually exactly what happened, right? So from that argument standpoint, is there a slight, tiny possibility that the Earth is flat? Maybe, but to your point, open call. If there's a scientist out there with a PhD in geology or astrometrics or whatever that believes that the Earth is flat, Give us a call, man. We really want to talk to you. Right, Dave? Right. Absolutely. 100%. Um, um, the, the question then becomes, how did we get from flat Earth to flight 90? What did you say it was? Flight 93? Flight 93. Yeah. How did we get to that? Well, the, the, con the, the connection is plausible deniability, right? Right. That, okay. it's, it's, and it's the amount of information that's available. Mm -hmm. Just because you can see something that you know and you can figure out with your own mind what happened or how things are. Right. It may not necessarily be true, be, be true because there's absolutely no confirmation of that thing being 100% true. It's also... I think you... You even mentioned it once before that all we have is the word of NASA and a couple of, I don't know, what is it, five or six hundred people that have ever gone into space or a thousand people that have ever gone into space. Well, and every pilot. Billions of people. Every, I mean, really. Every pilot and every satellite creator and every geophysicist, um, every astrophysicist, every geologist. Um, they all have to be on it. every, every airplane pilot. If I didn't say that, they all have to be in on it. Fighter pilots. Yeah. yeah they all have, to which, be which makes the argument for having somebody who actually believes and can give scientific evidence about a flat earth, bring it on. I'd love to hear that. All, That'd be a really cool discussion. All they can do is deny it. All they can do is deny the current facts. Um, nothing, nothing that they said that I've seen fits hundred percent perfectly the concentric earth model. Fair enough. Let me ask you another one, Dave. Okay. We're Elvis. jumping down another rabbit hole? Alive or dead? Alive. Oh, really? Oh, you mean you? <laughs> <laughs> or Elvis? Well, uh, yeah, Elvis. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling a little bit thirsty there, Dave. Uh, I need some lemonade. <laughs> lemonade! The cool, cool refreshing, refreshing drink. drink. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, shout out to... Uh, to uh, uh, Oh, 
my what Eddie Murphy shout out to Eddie Murphy yes Eddie Murphy that's right I couldn't think of it either (laughs) (laughs) so he's dead he's very dead and so is Eddie Murphy no Eddie Murphy's dead no Eddie Murphy's fine Dave (laughs) he's fine and he's still making bad cinematic choices um but no Elvis is dead and so is Hitler Hitler's dead and so is Bin Laden now you're just talking crazy talk and so is Hussein yeah. So anyway, you you get the gist of the the fun that I'm hoping. Yeah. We're hoping that we're going to have here. And um, I think keeping it light is going to be important. Um, um, but I'm really curious now to, um, to 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 make a show and then get feedback. I mean, positive or negative feedback. We're going to get a whole ton of negative. You guys are morons. But fortunately, it's in the title. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of having. Um, sort of a centrist view is like I welcome if I'm wrong I'd welcome the argument I'd mm-hmm. love like you if somebody can show me and and sell me that their argument uh, holds more water than mine I'm all over that it's a mm-hmm. chance to learn 100%. and I think that's what this show really is all about it's a chance to give two sides of a story and a chance to learn regardless of what you happen to believe or what you know what the facts happen to be there's always some kind of a spin or there's always some kind of another alternative view to look at things right mm-hmm. another example just you know while we got a couple of minutes left here um you know dave had another great discussion about um the current state of the world we happen to be living while we're recording this in late october uh in the year of our lord 2020 we're living in a pandemic a Nast, one of the nastiest ones that our world has seen, certainly since the end of the First World War. I'm, I'm going to say our modern world, sure. Our, te- our, our modern, modern technological world, yeah. world. We've seen wor- way worse pandemics than this in, well, our, in our history. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But I mean, in our modern world, for sure. But, you know, um, you know, Dave made an excellent point that got me thinking, you know, is about where do we put our priorities about social distancing and wearing masks and things. And, you know, Dave, I'd like you to sort of, you know, have that argument, like, you know, describe what you were telling me. Cause then again, my friend Dave is brilliant folks of the, of the two fattest of us. I'm the fattest. He's the smartest. <laughs> let's just get, let's just make that clear. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. My doctor didn't say quite the same thing this morning. She said, you're a, you're a fat idiot. But uh, um, um, I, I guess if, you, if you're a smart moron, where does that put you? Like average? Well, I think, you know, you're, you may not be the village idiot, but, you know, we're certainly smart enough to be the, um, the mayor of Idiot's Village. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're not uh, we're not drooling and. And wearing mittens, I guess. I shouldn't even say that because. No, but getting back to the COVID thing, you want to explain to these fine folks what your thought was? Because honestly, folks, I thought this was brilliant. What was my thought? I can't. Well, remember. it was we were, we so started many. off talking about sports, and I mean, I'm a big sports oh, nut, um, hmm. and you know, and and Dave brought up a point about you know that that's not the argument that we should be having is whether or not we're having sports or not. It's 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 whether or not we should be getting together. Um, um, I saw a meme. Uh, the other day, and I don't put all the, I'm not a meme guy that that says memes are news, but uh, I saw a meme that that showed an empty theater or an empty stadium, um, a picture of that next to an airplane filled with people wearing masks, um, mm-hmm. saying like, why are our, our theaters empty and our airplanes are full? 
Now, the argument can be made that one of them is, is an essential service. And of course, I agree that transportation is important and long form, long, long distance transportation. It's impossible to do without, you know, going, going in a sardine tube with, with other human beings. But at the same time, if you can have a, a, a sardine tube filled with 250 people wearing masks, why can't you have a 700 or a 700 capacity theater filled with 150 people spaced out uh, wearing masks and um, enjoying entertainment and using that to, or whether it's theater or sports, you know, people need this, people need an escape, right? And I don't find my escape through sports. I find my escape through theater. I find my escape through concerts, but we're not allowed to do that because we might you know, we might infect someone. And yet you see in the States, you see these, these rallies that are happening um, right now. And this is 2020, two weeks before a, a federal election in the States. Um, you see these stadiums filled with people that don't have masks and a, and a, and a presidential candidate that's encouraging that behavior. Mm -hmm. I don't understand where the, where the double standard is happening. Well, I, I mean, we can ask that question. And I mean, I think it boils down to, you know, one really all of it boils down to one thing, kerching, kerching, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's all money. And you're you're right. I mean, Broadway, for, you and I are both theater nuts, mm -hmm. you know, and Broadway has been shut down since, what, mid-March, mm -hmm. right? And they just extended it to May, to May, Dave. May 21, like, 2021. May. Now, is, is, is Mervish yeah. going to survive? Mervish being the, the Broadway of... Toronto. That's uh, really the only, the, the, that's a topic, ladies and gentlemen, for a whole day. For not, how the another show. Boys destroyed theater in this country, but that's, that's a topic for another day. But it's, but it's non-essential. It's quote unquote non-essential. But is it? Yeah, though? but, but, but is it though? But it is. It absolutely is because mm -hmm. your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Mm -hmm. Dude, if your brain isn't alive and, and kicking, who cares about your lungs? <laughs> I, I mean, exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to sit here and vegetate and watch television and all I do is work from home every day and, you know, and I, and I don't get that stimulation of an opera or a musical theater or a concert or an art gallery or uh, a museum or you know, an aquarium out here in Toronto, we have an aquarium here that rivals any attraction anywhere in the world. It is amazing. And but small plug, not paid for yet, not paid for. <laughs> but if you're coming to Toronto, folks, the Ripley's Aquarium here is really worth the trip. It's at the base of the uh, CN Tower and it's freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. It's closed. You can't go in there. Like, I, I, they probably got tanks full of dead fish because I can't allow people to get in there and <laughs> feed these things for crying out loud. Mm. I don't know. Well, even the, Cal even the Calgary Zoo, even the Calgary Zoo, uh, which is another world class facility in Calgary. Yeah. Um, um, they weren't closed because they have a considerable amount of outdoor presence, but you couldn't, or out, uh, outdoor space. Uh, but you had to, I'm not sure what. The regular, I'm not sure what the rule is right now, but before you, you could buy a ticket full price, but you had to book a time and you would go in at a specific time and you could walk through the zoo outside. You couldn't go in any of the, the buildings or the pavilions or anything like that. Kind of um, takes the fun away though, doesn't it? Well, that's the whole point. How, how yeah. you know, you can see the larger animals, but you can't go in and see the nocturnals. You can't, you know, go into the, the, um, the, uh, the atrium or the gardens or see the butterflies or anything like that because it's all inside. And getting back to the initial sort of point here was about money. 
Um, I admit that I watched the Stanley Cup playoffs on television in the bubble in Toronto and the bubble in Edmonton. I admit, being a giant basketball fan, that I watched my beloved Toronto Raptors in the uh, bubble in Orlando, Florida, without people in the seats. Now, they had spectators in the way of like virtual in seats and things that people apparently, I'm not sure if they paid for their images to be shown on screens in the crowd or whether they were, you know, uh, picked by random. I I really don't know. But what I do know is that I I thought it was a little bit strange that to your point, like zoos and other, you know, public amenities that, you know, feed our brain health Mm -hmm. remain shuttered or almost um, inaccessible. And yet professional sports somehow had to go on. Right. Mm -hmm. And still had to go on. That bothers me a lot. And I'm a sports nut. So I think your point is 100% valid. And again, it's all about money. I think that the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, the National Football League and the National Basketball Association simply could not afford to shut down. Mm -hmm. The MLS, to a lesser degree, could not afford to shut down. The only professional sports leagues that did were um, the Canadian Football League and uh, I believe like some of the women's uh, hockey leagues or Mm -hmm. something that weren't able to play this year because money is very, very tight there. I'm actually concerned that the Canadian Football League is even going to survive. Did the NFL play this year? Oh yeah, they're playing. So they've what, had a number of they've had a number of COVID outbreaks in the NFL. The Tennessee right. Titans had a big one two weeks ago. So what was their what was their revenue generation model then? Because they're not making it from ticket sales. Well, ticket. So the way that the NFL so the NFL is kind of a it's a, it's it's a cash cow. It's a license to print money. Um, Ticket sales don't really matter to the overall bottom line of okay. the operation of the football club. It's all television revenue money. Okay. Right? And it's kind of the same with the other sports leagues, although they're a little bit more dependent on gate receipts. The NFL, not so much. They, the gate receipts are pure profit for um, NFL owners. And it has been that way since 1927. Mm-hmm. It's That's just the way it's always been. So, however, you know, the, the fact that – they're not throwing billions of dollars in broadcasting Broadway shows or operas or anything from a concert or from a operetta or concerto or whatever kind of perspective. They're spending money on sports. Kind of shows you where society's sort of priorities towards entertainment lie, I guess. Mm. But to me, that's kind of sad. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I don't disagree with you. I think, um, you know, some of the most important things, you know, in in Alberta right now, the government is making major cutbacks on health care and education. And I think those are the two resources that are the most important in our society. Um, you know, um, people tend to put less value on those things that don't seem to bring dollars in rather than you know, cutting back your healthcare and your education, you're cutting back years worth of potential revenue because you're not making, you're not producing these, you know, scientists that are going to change the world and you're not producing, you're, 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 you're cutting back on people's health and and their education. Um, Sports. I mean, where is the money going? It's going to the sports club, but at the same time, like you said, the, the, um, the uh, psychological, um, um, value is that it just it it helps people escape so 
it it just doesn't seem to be it's it's all about the immediate dollar value the observable dollar value that that particular thing brings in rather than the soft or soft value of that thing the intangible value the yeah, inten- yeah, that's right. yeah the intangible value of, of so so listen you know social media is a big thing and this would be a great example where people can you know write to us on twitter or facebook or whatever at some point in time and say you know you two guys are bang on or you two you two idiots are out to left out in left field the point is we don't care right we <laughs> want to hear what your thoughts are regardless of what side of that fence you're on left, right, or middle, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what this show is, I think, designed to be. Dave, would you agree with that? I that's would totally sort of agree what with we're that. Going for? Absolutely. So this initial sort of broadcast was, you know, a way to introduce ourselves to you folks and, uh, you know, sort of a little bit of an experiment in um, alternative recording. <laughs> I think we've got the system down now. I think so. I think we're pretty good. So I think, uh, Dave, I think we need to uh, not keep anything under our hats for now, but uh, going forward, some of the things that our listeners can look forward to is, of course, you know, we we do talk about conspiracy theories. Both Dave and I do love talking about stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, we tend to keep those things, you know, from an editorial perspective, quote unquote, under our hats. And you'll hear that a lot. Um, you know, we'll, would, even though Dave's not a sports fan, there are sports related topics we could be talking about. Like, for instance, one of the big ones that I have on my plate right now is the Edmonton Eskimos chair changing their name. The Washington Redskins are changing their name. Yeah. The Atlanta Braves, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Indians are not. That's a great discussion to have, especially mm-hmm. now in a very, very, um, raw world. Mm-hmm. Right. So and that's high, a good discussion. And, and, to have. and sensitive world. They're great words, yeah. sensitive yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, politics. We'll talk about. We may even talk a little bit about business. We may even talk a little bit about, you know, some world events or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things, and we want to be able to say, hey, you know, write to us and tell us what you guys, you know, want to hear. It's not a secret. Dave and I have talked about this before. MythBusters was on the air for some 14 years, I believe, mm-hmm. and the last 12 years they were on the air, all of their content came from social media suggestions. Yeah, it was listener suggestions. It was less about bu- busting myths and more about, you know, trying... Making trying, people happy. You know, you know, movie <laughs> magic and stuff like that. So, yeah, making Yeah, so same thing here, right? And I mean, Dave and I both have enough experience with, you know, movie magic. We can talk about that. We both have enough experience in the real world to you know hopefully have an informed opinion about some things and when we don't <laughs> then we we'd just like hide- to invite you to come on and tell us why we don't we hide behind the moron shields <laughs> dave yes i'm terry nihil and i'm a fat moron i'm dave crookshank and i'm a fat moron i think for now we'll sign off say good night dave and uh better luck next week and for now good night good night Thank you.
It's two fat morons save the world. The world is a messed up place, and they're gonna save it. <laughs> yeah, right. Produced by Dave Crookshank and Terry Nihill. Music by Epidemic Sound. Two Fat Morons is a presentation of the Plugged In Media Network and is not intended to be taken seriously by anyone. Check out all our other great podcasts at pluggedinmedia.ca or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.